Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. I got to tell you, it is so much nicer getting ready to do a show after the Kings win than after they lose. I have some beef with how last night's game went down. Yeah. And some of the individual and team performances that we will get into but it's so much nicer having those be- beefs beef beef b- b- beefus be- beefum beefin <laughs> it's so much nicer having those having, having that beef having various having a having beef with multiple things <laughs> when there's when when the kings are showing up in in the win column that's James Ham I'm Kyle Madsen we're the insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube uh, the Kings beat the Blazers in overtime last night, and I it, you you we said I think one of the last things I said yesterday was, don't care how it gets done, run and go win, and they okay. won, so that gets a thumbs up. A win is a win is a win, and being three and four with a win over the Blazers, even if it's in overtime, even if it's, if it's without their top three guards, is better than being. Two and five with a loss to that team. Yeah. It so Kyle, the way I look at it a little bit is, you know, like I've got COVID kids, right? I've got kids who, who went through okay. who who went through school during COVID times. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, and and okay. so like there's a problem that people like we're we're starting to understand how bad it is now, but it's only gonna get much worse. But when you take out like seventh and eighth grade math from somebody and they get to their sophomore year in high school. And there are gaps in their understanding because, you know, like math is such a stacked, like mm-hmm. you need to know what happened here in order to learn and then take the next step and learn what's happening next. Right. So I feel like the Kings were a team that like really they had some major gaps in their understanding. And now they're trying to fill those gaps and they're trying to figure out how to how to get them up to speed on, on so many different things. And part of that process is going to be ugly. Sometimes you're going to fail a test or two. And so while I'm with you, like I would have loved to have seen them look like the 2022-23 Sacramento Kings last night. Um, Sometimes that's not the way it goes. And sometimes you do face a team that has one guy get crazy, crazy hot and hit every shot he takes like Jeremy Grant. Um, Like that happens. So uh, I get I get where you're at, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, hey, a, a win is a win. Like this team, you needed it desperately for sure. needed a win. You could feel like the weight lifted off everyone when we walked in the room. Everyone. Well, the and I guess this is kind of where maybe my my I don't even know what to call it. Gripe, uh, nitpicks, start is that game felt early on. Like, okay, this looks more like the Kings. The offensive pace is much better. Their pace for the game still wasn't wasn't awesome. It was 98.1, which would be like 27th in the league. But it's better than it's been the last couple of nights. And maybe the, the possessions weren't there because that's pace. It's possessions per 48. 
Yeah. Maybe the possessions weren't there, but the offense, when they got into their half-court sets, there was movement, and it was happening quickly, and there was some urgency. And that is a stark contrast for me from what we saw in Houston. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, when you put Keon Ellis in the game, you know that you're not expecting like a major offensive boon from him, right? You're you're putting him in the game to reward him for what he did the game before and because he you know, he's somebody who is going to bring energy to the court, right? Um but you're also not expecting him to run the ball up and down the court. You're you're not expecting him to be a true point guard. Uh, and lead your team in pace and drive the whole entire offense. But overall, you know, I thought he did well. And I, I thought that, you know, again, it's not the way you wanted to win. But, Kyle, if Keegan Murray hits like three or four of his shots early in the game, that's that game is nowhere near as close as it is. You know? Yeah. but And that's well, so that's that's kind of what early on it looked like. Okay, the, the Kings, I think, got up, was it 10 in the first quarter? They got up. They Something got up like that. They got up multiple possessions in the first quarter, and you're looking at it and you're going, "Okay, they're going to pull away. They're going to win this one by 30, and the Kings will be back." And I think, I think that's where a little bit of my my uh, skepticism. It's all right to be skeptical. I don't know, I, I don't, right, I'm yeah. trying to figure out what to call it because I don't want to come across as though like it's bad because they won. That's the goal of every game is to have more points than the other team, and they did it. Mm-hmm. But. Like you just said, I, I keep waiting for the the switch to flip, and I guess this is kind of just where I'm at with the Kings after last year, is an OT win over the shorthanded Blazers is objectively good, but big picture, they should they should be dog walking that team. Yeah, and they and and they didn't. So, um, I I think big picture for for what we've seen through the first seven games, a win is better than a loss. But I, I think if they played the way they did last night against even a team like Houston, I don't know if they beat Houston. And it, it, that's kind of just, again, big picture. I don't know how many steps forward they took last night. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I always like the sample size is small still, right? So, and I love to see, you know, that a team, what you don't want to see is a team playing to their, doing what the Buffalo Bills are doing, right? Mm-hmm. Play to your level, the level of the competition every sure. single time, mm-hmm. because there are certain times this season where I mean the Kings in seven games we see where they did not play to the level of competition mm-hmm. with the the Houston Rockets at all. They did with the Warriors. They came away with two losses, but they they did they did against the Lakers. They did against Utah. Uh, but you're you're hoping that you're you see them elevate their game where it doesn't matter who they're playing, they're going to come out and play Kings basketball. And mm-hmm. we've yet to see like a signature. Oh, that's Kings basketball. Mm-hmm. So right now they're they're grinding a little bit, but I'd rather grind with a win than grind with a loss. Yeah, and, and speaking, hey, real quick, somebody uh, drew down in the chat just brought this up. Houston might just be good. Houston yeah. beat the Lakers by thirty four last night. Yeah, no Anthony Davis, but still they mollywop the Lakers. Well, so maybe I, maybe picking Houston is a bad example. Well, counter argument, <laughs> maybe the Lakers and the Kings aren't good. No, stop. Well, at least right now, at least for today. Maybe they aren't. Maybe they're not playing well. Maybe they they aren't ready. I mean, like, again, as much as the Kings have issues, the Lakers are, like, the worst three-point shooting team in the league right now. Uh, didn't get any better last night. They went 7 of 25 from beyond the arc. D'Angelo Russell had four of them. That's 28%. And he's the dude who was shooting well below 30%. Yeah. Uh, he was at, like, 28, 29. I guess that's yeah. not well below, but below. Yeah, I, I think it's funny. Like, it, it, two things can be, like, it's possible that the Lakers and, and Kings just really aren't, like today, they're not very good. Like yeah. where they are by the end of the season is something different. But like this has always been the problem with the Lakers. Like since they got LeBron James. Yeah. Could you just go out and get six shooters? That's it. Just go out and do what the Kings did. Go out and get a Kevin Hurd. Go out and get a Harrison Barnes. Go out and get a Keegan Murray. Go out and get a Sasha Vizenkov. Go out and get... Buddy Heald. Flat out shooters. Buddy Heald. Why didn't you... The Buddy Hill trade will forever haunt that team, but it probably is the best thing that ever happened to the Kings. Dude, if Buddy Hill had gone to the Lakers, that have multiple titles right now. Uh, maybe. I mean, he, <laughs> I guess Buddy Hill being a huge difference maker. He is no, the but he offensive would, version of J.R. Smith. He's the kind of yeah. He is. He is. A, he's a better shooter than J.R. And, and not as explosive, but like. Well, he's not yeah, as good need, defensively. Yeah, yeah, right. But they need. Yeah, they need shooting. They don't have it. 
Uh, again, may, <laughs> I go back and I say, oh, the Kings lost these two games to the Rockets. Maybe by the end of the year we're going, well, you know what? The Rockets are pretty dang good team. But anyways, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, uh, let's. Uh, do you want to do? Okay. How do How do we want to do this? You have your You have your six quick thoughts, and there's There's a bunch of stuff in your six quick thoughts that I want to get to because while I like I said I have skepticism about last night's win, there are so many like good things, good individual performances that you can pull from it. Yeah. And say this is more what this is supposed to look like because I think one of the things you have to note with the with the Kings, if if you're going to say Shaden, uh, not Shaden Sharp, but Scoot Henderson. And and Anthony Simons were out, and then Malcolm Brogdon got hurt five minutes into the game. Yeah, I think you also okay. De'Aaron Fox is out. Yep. But then it was a lot of Keon Ellis. It was a lot of uh, it was a lot of uh, Kessler um, Edwards. Kessler Edwards. Thank you. It yeah. was Alex Len, no Jamal McGee. It it was the Kings bunch of guys who don't typically play out there playing. So I I think there's a little bit of a push pull with that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Kessler Edwards though. We will. The, I, if you're looking, if you were on ESPN 1320, listening to the insiders, watching the insiders on, on youtube.com slash ESPN 1320 and ESPN 1320 TV, uh, first of all, hit like and subscribe and hit the little thumbs up. We'd appreciate that. But second, you're going to hear some Kessler Edwards propaganda today. Uh-oh. He, I am a full-blown... Is he the new Colby Jones? Well, no, nobody's the new Colby Jones. Come on, have some, uh, have a little respect. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm I'm going full propaganda mode on Kessler Edwards. So let's actually let's take uh, let's take your your six quick thoughts and let's get to number one right now, and then we'll do the next five. Yeah. Next okay. Stuff the stat sheet. Malik Monk didn't have a perfect shooting night, but he brought energy and a little bit of everything. Uh, six man finished with twenty three points, ten assists, a career high, ten assists. First time in his career with 10 assists. Uh, six rebounds in the win. His free throws were the difference late. His free throws early hurt the Kings bad when he went mm-hmm. started, uh, I think, one of five from the line mm-hmm. and then hit the rest of his free throws. Um, he was really good late and him icing the game and the Blazers talking trash to him and him stepping up and saying, yeah, I shut them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that was fun. It's the 10 assists for me. That, I care about that more than anything. Because okay. when De'Aaron went out, it was who is going to step up as a playmaker on the team? Because, you know, Davion Mitchell is not necessarily that. He is not a guy who's going to break a defense down, get in the paint, and then distribute. That's just not his game. So who is that Who is that player going to be? Because I think it's such a fundamental part, a vital part of the Kings offense. And it went, hey, Malik Monk is capable of doing this. We've seen him go six assists, seven assists, eight assists. So last night to see him get 10 and then uh, the free throw stuff for sure. You, you got to knock down your free throws. He did that late. He got to the line mm-hmm. and forced the issue with, with Portland, got to the line, hit the free throws. That's great. But being a playmaker like that is, I think, what he needs to do night in and night out as long as De'Aaron Fox isn't playing. I totally agree. It, the Kings offense is completely predicated on what they call paint touches. Mm-hmm. So you need to get to the paint to shrink the defense, yeah. to open up the shooters on the outside. That's and then they love the spray three. Yeah. So they like to hit the corner. They like to hit the, you know, like... Out to ev- the wing. Yep. Yeah, hit everybody, right? When you don't have anyone who can get a paint touch on the court, there's a problem. And even the starting yep. lineup, let's be honest, there, there's no one in there that's getting a, a paint touch on a regular basis in that starting lineup. You do have Domas who, you know, again, when we're not talking about like sitting, setting up in the paint. Sometimes that does shrink the defense, setting up in the paint and putting your hand up and, mm-hmm. and getting a pass. We're talking about like literally breaking down the defense, like being a force that dives into the lane, mm-hmm. shrinking the defense. Um, and that's what Malik Monk does. He he did a great job. And like, look at the adjustment he made without JaVale McGee. He mm-hmm. had no lob threat. So he had to, instead of throwing lobs, he had to throw these like, okay, you got that, Alex? Yeah. Now go yeah. dunk. Yeah. Right. Just a little inside dish. Love two, to see catch, it. Catch it and then two foot dunk. That's fine. Hey, I did, you'll take it. It was an adjustment he made, yep. and I was like, "All right, I'm yep. I'm down." Yeah. Really good game for really productive game for Malik Monk last night, despite the fact that he didn't shoot it well and finding ways to contribute without shooting well. I feel like has been a theme of the King season. Kevin Herter not shooting well. How can you affect winning? Keegan Murray not shooting well. How can you affect winning? You saw Malik Monk do that last night. Five more quick thoughts of James Ham. Uh, of the Kings beat, and of course, of the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. Uh, five more thoughts on last night's game coming up after the break. We'll be back in three minutes here on ESPN 1320. 
Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. I almost came in extra early today just to get a bunch of Stray Kids rejoins. Stray oh. Kids is my favorite yeah. K-pop group. Uh, they have a new album dropping tonight at 9 p.m. Pacific. Oh. Or a comeback, as they're known in, in the K-pop world. Okay. And I'm very excited for it. Now I'm learning more terms, yeah. more K-pop terms, yeah. a comeback. The first time I ever, because in my mind, I have the sports brain. So a comeback is a, somebody was losing really bad and then came back and won. Or it's uh, <clears throat> a pitcher gets a ball hit right at him, a comebacker to the right. mound. Or a player got hurt or is yeah. bad, plays well the next year and is the comeback, comeback player, player of the, the year. year. Okay. So the first time it was like, oh, this comeback. I'm like, what happened to him? <laughs> they left? <laughs> Did they, right. I didn't know they left. Did was, they break up? No, it's just an album is coming out. It's a comeback. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, yeah. Shout out Stray Kids. Uh, Your boy's going to be on one tomorrow. I'm going to be very excited. All right. I'm going to have some new rejoin music tomorrow. I'm Sorry in. to the chatty house. You're not going to get to hear it. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get back to this. This Kings win over the Blazers, 121-118 in overtime. Getting to James, getting to your six quick thoughts. Uh, Malik Monk was our first one. Yep. Uh, what What was the second quick thought? And this is one. This is one that really stuck out to me. And I want to I want to hang out on this one for a second. So yeah, uh, took it the right way. Mike Brown chose to start Keon Ellis over Davion Mitchell. Mitchell didn't pout. He went out and had his best game of the season. Finished with 16 points and 3-4 from long range. Chipped in three assists. He's aggressive and played with pace. Bravo. I thought he was so much better, Kyle. And I know he was not happy about how the last like week has been. I'd hope not. There's been, yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I think there's been some some discussions behind the scenes. There is not. It, this has not been a smooth week or so for Davion Mitchell and the coaching staff. I don't think that they've seen eye to eye on some things and uh, to have him come out and first of all, lose his, his starting job, which isn't really his, his starting job placeholder job um, for De'Aaron Fox, but to lose that and to be sent back to the bench, um, like you don't know how someone's going to respond. Mm-hmm. And he showed right from the jump. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm here. I'm ready. Yeah, he looked pissed. Yeah, he looked pissed and he looked aggressive and uh, he looked like he was ready to go out there and, and earn his minutes again. And and of course he did. He played 27 min- minutes, which is one of the higher minute totals of the season. 28 mm-hmm. minutes, uh, six and nine from the field. Nice. You know, he turned the ball over two times, but oh, he did. He did have four assists. I missed up that stat, or they added one late. Uh, but quality game for Davion Mitchell. Yeah, the four fouls. He was a little bit, a little bit over aggressive on defense, but I think because he was a little bit amped, mm-hmm. and like get, so, again, that's good. But now do that without getting benched. Like that. That's the like. Can I? I want to see that from him. He's not going to score sixteen tonight. Like that's just that's not going to be a thing that he does. But I want that assertiveness and that aggressiveness on on both ends of the floor all of the time. Yes. Like that's like that. I, and I think if you're the Kings, if you're Mike Brown, you're going, hey, what you did tonight was perfect. If he contributes that way, and again, he's not going to score 16 every time, but if he contributes that way every night, that is A, going to keep him on the floor, yep. and B, that just gives the, that gives the Kings so many more options with what they can do defensively because of how effective he is, particularly as an on-ball defender. So I, I you love to see that from, from Davion last night. We I joked with you yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or a couple days ago, after Keon Ellis came in and laid against the Rockets and and had a good you know fourth quarter had a good stretch in that blowout, it was I just, oh hey is it time to start Keon Ellis? And Mike Brown went bet, and I respect the hell out of that because there are so many coaches in this league who would be terrified to do that because if you start Keon Ellis and the Blazers go out and go on a ten nothing run to start the game and you wind up losing, that is all going to come back on the coach. Yep. It's going to go, what the hell was that starting lineup? But they had to do something. Like I, I, I love that they did something so dramatic. He just went in and just flipped the table and just went, Keon Ellis starting. Kessler Edwards, you're in the rotation. JaVale, you're out. Alex Len, you're in. Like, th- freaking thank you. Yes. They needed to do literally anything with their rotation. And it wasn't just, okay, well, okay, um, we're going to play Davey on this many minutes. And actually, we're just going to, we're going to move. Uh, Malik Monk's minutes up a little bit. Like, no, 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 no. Flip the spread, man. And he did that. And you, I love it. You uh, you didn't single out one player. 
you singled out a group of players yes who yes. were part of what why you think like things weren't going well yep and i think that there there's more tinkering that could happen that way like because they aren't yeah. the only ones that like the guys that sat out uh, like uh javale mcgee's been hit and miss all season long mm -hmm. i mean but again he's been the guy who scored 10 points and 12 points in the last two games when you couldn't score at all. <laughs> sure. Uh, Sasha Vizenkov had a good couple of games to start the season, and he's been really, really struggling since then. Uh, so that one made sense. The Davion Mitchell one made sense. And I think you can't completely dump Davion out of the rotation right no. now because that's not who you are as a team. Mm -hmm. But to see him respond was yeah. like, hey, there you go, man. That's, that's what we want to see. I don't want to step on any of these, uh, so let me just look real quick. Um. Okay, no, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it later. Uh, what's your third quick thought? Yeah, my third one is there he is. Uh, Damanis Sabonis had a completely forgettable two games against the Rockets. He came out like clearly with a sense of urgency. Uh, he Did he have six turnovers? Yes. Uh, but he nearly posted his first triple-double, triple finishing with 27 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists. And, like, look, DeAndre Ayton has always given him fits. This is a player that, like, he's one of those guys who is strong and big and, and doesn't, like, play above the rim. He's not someone mm -hmm. you can push around. I thought Domos went around him. I thought he was really good. He pulled up and he hit that 16-foot jumper at one point. Mm -hmm. Like, everything that Domos did in that game outside of the turnovers, I thought was really, really good. Yeah. Again, you're not going to get 27 from him uh, a night, but he shot it 14 times. Good number. Amen. Um. You like the 11 boards, love the nine assists, and I think the nine assists are more of a uh, product of uh, Kevin Herter getting going, mm -hmm. Harrison Barnes knocking down a few shots, and that's that's great. You love to see the the uh, aggressiveness from Domas on the on the offensive end, and that's, again, that's another thing that when De'Aaron Fox went down, it was like, okay, here's your second best player, go get it done offensively, and he hadn't. He took four shots in the last game. Yeah. Like that's not an acceptable thing for a second best player on a team to do, and and last night was was a little bit more like it for for me. So good for good for Domas for showing up. Uh, what's number five? Uh, so close. Uh, Kevin Herter slowly finding his game. Um, you can see it like piece by piece. He's putting it together, and I thought he was really good in this game. Uh, four nine from deep. Uh, seventeen points, four assists, five rebounds. So, uh, this was a performance he can build on mm -hmm. and uh, talking to him in the locker room after the game, Kyle, like the weight has been lifted off of Kevin uh, Herter's shoulders. You can just feel it. Like he has a smile on his face. He was, uh, he was excellent in the locker room. Like mm -hmm. very, very good. Um, very like introspective and like gave us great answers. You can feel that like he, along with others, even the Keegan Murray thing, mm -hmm. like he was asked specifically about how do you get Keegan? You've started to go now. You've started to hit your shots. What do you do to help Keegan? And he said, Hey, look, Keegan's going to be fine. Like he's a mm -hmm. great shooter. He's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Like we just have to have patience here and we'll figure it out. Are we sure Kevin Herter isn't just fired up because his guy Tommy DeVito is starting a quarterback for the Giants this weekend? I did mess with him about his quarterback situation, which I always do. Okay, um, good. And uh, I think that he's concerned like everyone else. Like, <laughs> like yeah, um, I, I'm I'm glad that that he's knocking down shots. Like that's that's one of the biggest keys to what's been ailing the Kings is their shooters not hitting threes, and he did it last night. So again, building block. I hope that he continues. What's number five? That was number four. Now number five. Uh, number five. Let's see. Um, let me turn the page. Uh, oh, brick, brick, perfect. Yeah. Playing against his twin brother, Chris, Keegan Murray struggled with his shot. Uh, 9.7 rebounds, 3 assists, killed me. He was the lone holdout in my prize pick mm, uh, poll. You love prize picks. Uh, I do. Um, 4 out of 5 uh, mm. on my prize pick last night. And I needed 23.5 uh, points, rebounds, and assists combined. And he got to, I think it's 19, right? Yep. Uh, 4 of 17 from the field, 1 of 6 from long range. He got blocked by his brother. He's way off. I, we're going to keep saying this. He's drifting on his mm -hmm. shots. He's not squaring his hips. He's not getting his shoulder squared to the basket. Uh, he's trying to do some things where he's not sure if he's going to pull up from 16 feet until he starts pulling up from 16 feet, and yep. then he's starting to twist his body in the air while he's trying to pull up from 16 feet because he wasn't sure if he was going to do that or not. Yeah. 
uh, like there's an indecisiveness to yes. his game right now that needs to be fixed. Aggressiveness, good, but that needs to come with decisiveness. Decisiveness is you can't is aggressively issue. get to a space where you're not knowing what you're doing. You can't run there and go. I <laughs> think I'm going to do with yeah. this, <laughs> and that's where we're at with Keegan. I think he'll be fine. We'll dive into all these a little more later. But uh, what was your last one? Uh, trying something new. Uh, Keon Ellis wasn't the only player in the rotation. Kessler Edwards. Uh, Backed up Harrison Barnes. Alex Lynn took JaVale McGee's minutes. No Sasha Vizinkov, no JaVale McGee. Edwards was active defensively. He actually probably could have been our player of the game because he had some defensive stops late Mm -hmm. on Jeremy Grant. And then Alex Lynn, 10.6 rebounds, two blocks. It ain't always pretty, but man, he is a huge man in the middle of, of the key. And he is an impactful player. And I, you know, again, I think both of those guys are holding the spot for Trey Lyles, but I really, I'm happy for Alex because he's a guy who's put in the work and been the leader behind the scenes. And, uh, he had a good game. Yeah. Sass in our, in our YouTube chat said, Alex Len is better than McGee. I think in that role last night in a game like last night, and I think just kind of in general, I, I think I, I think I might agree. And he may be the better long-term answer for the Kings, but again, we'll dive more into that. And I think the Kings might have found another potential long-term answer uh-huh. with some of their changes last night, and we'll talk about what that is uh, coming up a little bit later on. On the other side, though, we're going to put a pin in Kings Blazers, and we're going to talk a little NFL Week 10. Scott Branson of the Silver and Black Today podcast. It's an Odyssey original podcast. He is going to join us after the break. We will dive in to Week 10 of the NFL season before getting back into Kings and Blazers. Do not go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> I hate that. I love uh, it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Uh, we're the insiders. He's James. I'm Kyle. And uh, we're sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. We're back in here. We are back in here. I'm Kyle and that's James. And that's what we sound like. We're all alone. We're all by <laughs> ourselves. Yeah, still waiting on Scott Branson from Silver and Black today. I'm sure he will be with us shortly so we can talk Raiders Jets. Talk about the upstart Raiders. Are they back? Are they back, Kyle? Are the playoffs back in the picture? We'll talk with Scott. I'm back. We'll talk with Scott. That sounded like Robin Williams. We'll talk with Scott about all of that. The Raiders facing the Jets on Sunday night football. Uh, The 49ers also back in action on Sunday after their bye week. They take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in, I think, a pretty significant game for the 49ers. They need to win. Yeah, Kyle. It's it's it's, It's a classic... Like, not literally a must-win because they're not, like, eliminated if they lose. But kind of a – for the vibes, you got, you got to go beat Jacksonville. A, because you need to get in the win column. And B, you need to beat a good team. Yeah, because this isn't like, again, like going up against the Portland Trailblazers. Although the Portland Trailblazers coming into the game last night had a winning record, right? Or were they 500? They were 3-4 and four going into last night. Okay, so now they're 3-5. and five. Okay. I believe so. Um, so they're at least, they've got three wins on the season. They, they're not horrible, but Jacksonville's a quality team. They, but this feels like, 
one of those games where if the Niners win on a field goal at the final seconds, you'd be okay with that. Like Jacksonville's a good enough team that you're okay with that. Like Trevor Lawrence has played well. Mm-hmm. They've got some nice uh, like specialty players. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think this is a game though you got to have. Yeah, their defense is playing really well. Trevor Lawrence is, I think, ascending to be one of those top five type of guys. I don't know if he's there yet, but <clears throat> he's obviously really good. Calvin Ridley, Travis Etienne, they have a ton of good weapons on the offensive side. The thing that, that concerns me the most uh, for San Francisco, and I, I know we'll do more of a game preview tomorrow, but Trevor Lawrence has the second quickest time to throw in the league. And that's not... He's getting pressured. It is. He gets the ball out quicker than everyone in the NFL except for Tua Tungavailoa. Oh. So with a Niners pass rush, they struggle to affect quarterbacks. Now they go up against a quarterback who gets it out quicker than anybody except Tua. Well, and Tua, like, Tua has to throw the ball so quick because if he doesn't, his receivers are so fast, they will run out the back of the end zone. They're just out of range. (laughs) Like, oh, man, that's an 80-yard play. Like, yeah, well, you could throw it that far. Uh, you know, you got to get rid of the ball quick. Yep. Yeah. I, that's my, that's, that's one of my favorite things about Mike McDaniel is on, on this podcast that he did with, uh, with the Jordan Rodriguez from the athletic did. She covers the Rams. She did this big play callers podcast. It was the Kyle Shanahan tree. Yep. Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, and Sean McVay. And she did this whole story. It's, it's really, really good. You should check it out. But <laughs> Mike McDaniel basically got asked about like his offensive philosophy and he was like, we have fast as S receivers, and we're going to get him the ball however we can. That's it. That's, that's it. Run down to the <laughs> Cadillac and take a right. There it is. And so the Jags have done that a little bit with Trevor Lawrence. It's just, dude, get rid of the ball. Just get yeah. it out of your hands. Let your receivers make plays. Don't get hit. And the Niners are going to have have a uh, an adjustment to make for sure if they're going to go knock off Jacksonville. If they lose, they're in a bad spot especially if they lose the way they've been losing. Yeah, Kyle. Dude. It's not good. It's not good. I mean, like, look, if you're going to drop to five and four, that's a problem. But it's a big problem because you still, what, you have Baltimore still on your schedule. You have two against Seattle. Mm -hmm. You've got one on the road in Philly. Yep. Like, okay, if you somehow lose all four of those and you lose this game, uh, that's a lot of losses. You're up to eight losses right there, and that means you have to win every other game and hope that somehow you squeak in. Right. You need to. Right. You need to win out or win all your other games and get help. So I, yeah. I think they need to get back in the win column because if you're not beating Jacksonville, I I not that they can't, but when you talk optimism, pessimism, mm-hmm. if they're losing to Jacksonville, all of a sudden it's like, man, at the at Seattle on Thanksgiving, don't feel good about it. At Philly the week after, don't feel good about it. Home Seattle the next week, don't feel good about it. Okay, at Arizona, okay, fine. But then home Baltimore on Christmas, Eesh. not great. At Washington, yeah, probably fine. And then home against the Rams. So, uh, yikes, boy, yeah, gotta win on Sunday. Yeah, you boy, gotta, gotta win. You gotta get that win. You gotta even, get that dub. I'm not even gonna say. I usually do the. Is hey, it as long mu- as they look, is it a must win, Kyle? dude? It's close. It's, it's as close as you can win? get. It's as close <laughs> as you can get. I'm gonna say that every week moving forward. No, no, but seriously, it's. I can't, I'm not even at the point where it's like, well, as long as they look good, even if they lose, if they look better doing it, now you have to go win. You got to go get a W. Yeah, I agree. You need to look like a championship contender right here. Mm -hmm. Like this is it. Like show that this is who you are and that you can be that team. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, then like we're going to have to, there's going to be some major questions moving forward. Yeah. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see Chase Young. Me too, man. I think he's I think he's gonna be a good addition. I don't know I don't know how much impact he has in this game specifically though. If Trevor Lawrence is getting rid of the ball. Uh, and again, this is where now this is where the whole Steve Wilkes thing comes in, right? Because you've had two weeks to game plan for this. Yes. And you know that this is a quarterback who likes to get the ball out. So how are you adjusting coverage wise? How are you ensuring that oh has to hold on to the ball for that split second? Allow Nick Bosa to get home. Allow Chase Young to get home. Allow Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave to get home. That's going to be on Steve Wilkes. And Steve Wilkes coaching from the field. That was the big story yesterday. Is that Steve Wilkes is coming down out of the coach's box. He's going to be on the field like Robert Saul and D'Amico Ryans. <laughs> okay. I guess. You don't buy it? 
You don't buy it as the I, answer to every problem. I get, I get it. I get it a little bit. Like I get, I get, okay, now he can communicate directly with Fred Warner when Fred's coming off the field or when Nick Bozer or Hargrave or Armstead or Talano Hufanga or whoever it is. Yep. Tayshawn Gibson. When they're coming off the field, he can talk to them directly. What did you see? What worked? What didn't? On this play, what happened? And you're going to get feedback from those players. Hey, let's do X, Y, and Z instead. Let's try this. And you can't do that when you're up in the booth because you can't be in the booth. I learned this yesterday from Nick Wagner of ESPN via Josh Dubow of the AP. The coach in the booth, I didn't know this, doesn't call plays directly to the field. Coach in the booth has to call play to coach on the field who then relays to play. Oh. So there's no direct line of communication there. So maybe it helps, maybe it doesn't. There are so many different schematic issues with the 49ers right now, though, that go beyond where the coach sits or stands. So now here's I, the that question. was the big thing yesterday, but I don't care that much. I have some more questions on this, Kyle. First of all, did they? is someone else going up to the booth with, with Steve Wilkes going down to the field? Probably not. I mean, maybe, but it would be like a like a analyst or position coach or something. Okay, so they're not going to have somebody who's scouting from up there to give Steve oh, Wilkes there's, information. There, there's still people up in the booth. Okay. Yeah, because he's got like a team of people up there with him. Okay. They'll all still be up there. Okay, cool. So there is going to be some sort of like backstop. Well, whatever he was oh, doing yeah, up yeah. there. Okay. He yeah. was just up there to call plays. Yeah, it, that seems like a really strange thing to do. Like, I get it. You want a bird's eye view, right? But at the same time, like a defensive coach is supposed to be like, you know, like rallying everybody. He's supposed to be like in your face. He's supposed to be like, you know, gearing mm-hmm. up. Like I-, I can see Robert Sala like headbutting a guy wearing a helmet. Like that's a, yeah, the yeah. defensive coordinator type guy that mm-hmm. he is. Like, and then you have another guy who's like up in the booth. He's not even, you're like, where is the dude? Yeah. Like no, we're so, getting killed here. Where is that yeah. guy? Yeah, and that's what, so Steve Wilkes is known as like a player's coach. Players just love to play for Steve Wilkes. Okay. We had on, on Candlestick Chronicles, the, the 49ers had this offseason a player named Miles Hartsfield. He ended up not making the team. But he played in Carolina the first couple of years of his career, and so last year was with Steve Wilkes, and just gushed about how awesome Steve Wilkes is. Okay. Just couldn't say enough nice things about him as a coach, how much they love him, the way he teaches, the way he, like, they're just over the moon about Steve Wilkes as a coach. So maybe him being on the sideline, there will be that. I don't think he's going to be as rah-rah as D'Amico Ryans or Robert Sala were. Yeah. But maybe being on the sideline allows him to, I don't know, connect with players in-game and make it, again, this is all so, it feels like a fairy tale. Like, that feels, that's why I don't care that much. Like, what did you do to make adjustments over the bye week? That's what I give a damn about. Yeah, like, you have to be able to schematically change this thing. And, and mm-hmm. like, there are so many holes in their defense. Mm-hmm. And at first, you're like, oh, players are just playing bad. That doesn't feel like what it is all the time. Yes, Nick Bosa needs to get to the quarterback. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, Chavarius Ward needs to stop, like, holding and getting a PI in every other play. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like it, it feels like something's been wrong with this group the whole time. Like, yeah, it's not felt it's not felt right for sure. And maybe, and I don't know, maybe it's Steve Wilkes on the sideline. But I don't know. Okay, I'm just like sure, man. Yeah, I guess as long as he's playing, he's playing chess at this point because I felt like he wasn't. And quick injury update, by the way, before we get to some some numbers about Kyle Shanahan after the bye. Um, it looks like Trent. I okay, so it does. I shouldn't say looks like. So Debo Samuel's back. He's a full participant in yep. practice. He told Kay Adams on on Up and Adams with I think it's FanDuel TV said, "Hey, I'm back. I'm ready to go." And that has been that has buried itself out over uh, over the last couple of practices. Trent Williams didn't practice in their bonus practice on Monday, and then did not practice yesterday. And then Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> after practice in his in his press conference, basically said he got asked if Trent Williams was closer to playing if it was a low ankle sprain still because they originally ruled out a high ankle sprain. Okay. And Shanahan just stumbles over a bunch of words saying like, well, it's not a low ankle sprain. There was some old stuff in there because uh, he has some history with that ankle. And we originally thought it wasn't a high ankle sprain, but it's not a low ankle sprain. <laughs> Not great. 
Like it did not sound like, oh yeah, he's back this week or he's back in a couple weeks. It was like, oh, this is way worse than we initially thought it was. Uh oh. That's the biggest uh oh on this team. I told you at the beginning of the yes. season that is the the number one guy for me on this on this team. Mm-hmm. Can you keep Trent Williams healthy? Because if you can't, then you worry about whether you can keep Brock Purdy healthy. And if yep. you can't keep Brock Purdy healthy, then Sam Darnold is waiting in the wings, waiting to lead this team, Kyle. Yeah, and then you got to worry about keeping Sam Darnold healthy. Do you? Though? And it's not even. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yes. So, so my whole thing with with Trent Williams specifically is like Jalen Moore has been mostly fine, especially as a pass blocker. It's not like Brock Purdy has yeah. been getting crushed every week. So Moore has been fine, but he is a significantly worse than maybe the be- uh, you know what a top three left tackle ever. Yeah. Not my thoughts. That's anybody you ask who knows offensive line play will tell you that. Yeah, I mean, he's walking in the Hall of Fame five years from the day that he Correct. retires. Correct. He will be get yeah. a massive like, gold jacket. Yeah. Jalen Moore probably won't. So it's their their run game is the issue for me with, with Trent Williams being out. Like, they've just not been able to run the ball the same way. And I think that is where the whole Brock Purdy thing comes back to the fore is, okay, they can't run it, and they're now leaning on Brock Purdy – and they haven't been able to necessarily do that. You know what, Kyle? I'd even point this out. It's not just that that uh, Christian McCaffrey, like you always have this like asterisk by Brock Purdy. The only reason Brock Purdy was so great was because, you know, it all happened after they got McCaffrey, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no one can run right now with Trent Williams out. Mm-hmm. It's not whether you have McCaffrey or you have Mitchell or you have whoever else they they – they're you know Mason or whoever mm-hmm. it is that's going to run. No one can run right now on that left side without Trent Williams in the game, and that's a problem. Yep. Like you, you're going to have to figure out whether you got a tight end that you can slide over there that can help out, whatever yep. it is. But like you're schematically not able to run your full playbook, and it doesn't matter whether it's McCaffrey or whether you go you know sign Jeff Wilson back, trade for <laughs> Jeff Wilson. It doesn't matter. Sure. You just you don't have the the horses up front to make it and, happen. And maybe Debo Samuel coming back does that. Maybe it warps defenses enough, and they can do enough yeah. stuff with motion. And he's a good run. Debo Samuel and himself is a good run blocker, so you can get some of those those um, the these blocks where the receivers like come down the line and they hit the defensive end. I forget the exact specific football term for it, but chip locks. Th- um, that that is a that is something. But it's okay. there's a specific thing they call it, and I it's not crackback, but it's something. Back. Anyways, doesn't matter. That he can do that. So may, there's little different things they can do. So maybe that helps. But I just don't think that their run game is going to get to what it was as long as Trent Williams is out. Okay. And now you're putting more onus on Brock Purdy, and okay, that's fine. But can he avoid the late game turnover? And now we're back into the whole quarterback discussion. But yeah, Debo Samuel being back is better than Debo Samuel not being back. He'd prefer to have Trent Williams. I don't think they're going to have him this week. Hmm. More good news for the 49ers, though. And we'll go back to Kings Blazers here in a bit, but they have been awesome after the bye under Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Like, really, really good. So I, I went over at NinersWire.com, and I did, some, I did some research on this. So the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan before the bye in his entire tenure. So, again, there's context required. 2017, they were god-awful. 2018, they were god-awful. 2019, they were really good. 2020, they were, they were mediocre to bad. 21 and 22, they were bad early, better late, and now this year. Under Kyle Shanahan, before the bye week, they are 16 and 30. Oh. 16 and 30. That's a 347 winning percentage. That's bad. After the bye week, under Kyle Shanahan, 36 and 16. That's a 692 winning percentage. That's crazy, man. That's good. It's really good. Like you I mean, ideally you'd be better before the bye. This year, this year, they're five and three. After eight weeks, that's their second best record after eight weeks under Kyle Shanahan. Okay, so projected out, if they, would you say 630? And how many games do they have left? They have nine games left? Nine games. 630, which means they win... Seven? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, it'd be like six and a half, so yeah, seven. Yeah, and... and Seven, that put them in 12 wins. They're in. Oh yeah, they get them into the playoffs. It's a win in the division, TBD. Seattle's pretty good, but... Yeah, you go back last year, four and four pre buy, nine and zero after. Twenty twenty one, two and three before the buy, 
eight and four after. 2020, weird year. Four and six before the bye, two and four after. Uh, 2019, three and zero before, ten and three after. Uh, the the 2017 one is the wild one though. One and nine before the bye, five and one after the bye. Oh, shout out Jimmy Garoppolo, came Jimmy. in and ripped off five wins to end the That's year. That's right. Yeah, that was wild. Well, that feels that feels like a million years ago. It does. I mean, I like time goes by so quickly. Yeah, it's so crazy. Uh, watching these guys, you know, you you watch a player come into the league, and the next thing you know, they're out of the league again. You know, like I broke into the league with Demarcus Cousins, mm-hmm. and Demarcus is no longer in the league. Actually, last night it was really fun. I walked out onto the court in pregame, and uh, this is just completely sidebar. I'm going sideways with our conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, Pooh Jetter walks up to me, dude, big Pooh Jetter guy, who's like what's going on? And I'm like, wow, you remember, like gave me a big hug. Like mm-hmm. I broke into the league. Pujetta, my first year was, was there his only season in the NBA. What a nice dude. And then like that whole entire coaching staff is former Kings guys. So Jonah Hershkew is there, um, who was part of Luke Walton's staff and like a really bright young mind in the game. Uh, Scotty Brooks is on that staff. Like there's a whole bunch of former Kings guys there, so kind of kind of interesting, kind of fun to watch. Um, <clears throat> again, I don't know how I got sidetracked, but there you go. That's fine. I'm here for it. Shout out to Pooh Jetter. Yeah, I'm down for a Pooh Jetter mention every show out moving forward. Okay. Not Ham in the chat said if anyone looks up Christian McCaffrey stats in all the games as a 49er, it's simple. He puts on he puts. On numbers, rushing, receiving, and touchdowns, 49ers win. If you get shut down, the 49ers lose. It's that simple. Yeah, when a when a team's best player doesn't play well, it's harder to win. I agree with that analysis. Science. Bang on. Couldn't be better. It's science, Kyle. All right, I'm gonna. I want to shift gears. I don't. I, we can. We can talk more about the 49ers tomorrow. Okay. Um. Oh dang, I didn't have my buttons up. Okay, hang on. I want to shift gears. We can talk more about the 49ers tomorrow. All right. Bum. <laughs> The Insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube. Speaking of Jiffy Lube, our Kings Fast Break, our Jiffy Lube Fast Break player of the game will be coming up a little bit later on. We will have a keyword for you, and you can enter to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. We will be, we will be doing this after every single game this year. Every game. So if you don't win today, try after next game. Yeah, but everyone, next game. everyone out there, you need to like go log on and do this. Like, like $100 gift certificate to Jiffy Lube is amazing. Yeah. Like you all have to have your oil oil change. change, Yeah. (laughs) It's a free oil change. I I don't know. That's that will cover everything. I shouldn't say a free oil change. I don't want to throw Jiffy Lube under the bus like that. That could put a significant dent in whatever repairs or maintenance you need. Yes. There you go. Anyways. uh, So a hundred dollar Jiffy Lube gift certificate up for grabs today at ESPN 1320.com. You go to the Jiffy Lube promo page. It's right there on the front. You click on it. You enter the code word that we will give you a little bit later on. Password enter to win. is... No, I'm not going to say it. The, the password is... I'm not saying it. <laughs> and we're still not going to say it? Oh, that's a... T- oh, I boy. love it. Right, I love later in the show. you we'll with you your buttons. Right. Man, yeah, I'm I'm so here for the buttons. Did I get a button yet? Did someone give me a button? No, I didn't give you any buttons. I'm a winner. I'm uh, a is winner. that the button you want? Yes. You got to tell me what I want, sound effect. I want that really button. Think about this. I'm a winner. Okay. Um, and you will not be slept on. Both of the Giannis Antetokounmpo buttons. I uh, no, you will not be slept on. Is Michael Parsons? You will not be slept on no more, brother. That's Michael Parsons. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about that. Brock Purdy, oddly enough. That's right. That's oh, right. Uh, the start, the King starting lineup change that I wanted to get to. Oh, okay. I, the King need to change their starting lineup. They need to. I don't need to. The Kings should. Okay. Because I've been operating under the assumption this whole year that the Kings do not have a replacement for Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes has to play. They just don't have a. But <laughs> I see where you're going. And it's not Colby Jones. I know there's plenty of people going, Kyle is the studio one where I reside is the official clubhouse of the Colby Jones fan club. Yeah. But it's not Colby Jones. I don't think Colby Jones could play the three. I mean, he, he could, but I, I don't. No, not full I don't time. think that's ideal. Well, I don't think that's especially ideal. Especially against Jeremy Grant. I mean, Jeremy yeah. Grant would be like, what, six inches taller than him. I was so certain that first three was going down last night. Okay. I, when When Jeremy Grant tried to tie the game late. 
Um, it just felt like one of those games. It's like he's oh. hitting. He's gonna hit this. I thought and I was gonna get, be there all night long. And then I he did. got the, the. They get the offensive board. They get it back to him. Another pretty good look. It's like ah, that's it down. Now this one's going down. Oh, ah, and he missed. Oh, thank God. Having to do a show today where we're like, wow, could do the Kings lose and Jeremy Grant scored forty would have been miserable. That would not have been ideal, Kyle. <laughs> that would not have been ideal. No, I, I, dude, I'm in on Kessler Edwards. I get it. I, like, I'm so it, let him play. I maybe starting is too strong, but I'm here to be a propagandist, so we're gonna go to the extreme. <laughs> okay. No, you just look. You're I, the Kep- Kessler, Kessler Edwards propagandist. The first time, the first time <laughs> I I I saw that he was on the floor. A he looks massive. He looked he looked. Well, way- he's yoked. Right. Yeah. He's, yeah. Like yeah. he didn't he didn't miss leg day. No. He's just or he's, or uh, buys and tries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's out there like right. So all of a sudden, I'm looking. I'm going, dude. I you got a guy that can defend like one through four, and if he's on a five, you don't hate it. If he can just knock down a corner three. Can he be thirty-seven percent from the corner? Maybe. No, I think there's I'm kind of in. Like I'm kind of in. I don't think he can. Harrison Barnes can put the ball on the deck and go create and get to the line and do all that. And I don't think Kessler Edwards can do that. But Harrison Barnes doesn't do it often enough for me to be like, oh man, they'd miss it. What is Harrison Barnes? What is? I, I'm asking you this genuinely. I'm not right now. I'm not doing a bit. Okay. And maybe you can answer this after the break because we have to go. What does Harrison Barnes do? on the court that you would miss dramatically if you removed him from the court or put him, I shouldn't say remove him from the court. That's not what I'm trying to do, but put him into a role off the bench. And you can answer that. You can think about it and answer it after the break. Okay. I'm sure there's an obvious answer and I'm just way over my skis right now, but I'm like I said, I'm being a propagandist for Kessler Edwards. So I'm asking the tough questions today. All right. All right. The tough questions. Right. I'm, I will answer that tough question. Should Kessler Edwards be break. in the Kings starting lineup? We'll tell you next on The Insiders. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Uh, 